I was doing some math the other day on my fingers, trying to figure out how long we have been living in this financial economic hole. The stock market crash was 2008. That's probably as good a starting point as any. So 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, four years now, four years. Basically, the entire history of Planet Money, we have been reporting on this stuff. And let me just be honest here. I am tired of bad economic news. It makes me sad. Weak jobs numbers clearly rattling confidence in the economy today. Congress has plans to leave for the week without taking action to avert the fiscal cliff. A notable decline in a manufacturing sector, weaker manufacturing. With the economy here growing so slowly and Europe in recession, it wouldn't take much to make things much worse. But then, then I had this idea. What if I could take all that and change it? What if I could take the economy like we were living in some little snow globe, shake it up, and make everything better? You ain't got no kind of feeling inside. Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm David Kestenbaum. And I'm Zoe Chase. Today's show belongs to David Kestenbaum's dreams. David, you are going to try and fix our economy and I am just going to turn the show over to you. Take it away. Let's do this. Thank you, Zoe. So just imagine all the things that go into our economy. 300 million people running around buying stuff, ordering Snuggies off the television, fumbling for change at the snack machine to buy those orange crackers, topping off the gas tank of rental cars, working, saving for retirement, paying mortgages, burying gold in the backyard, all that stuff. It seems, it seems impossible to comprehend. But economists over the years have tried to reconstruct all this, at least in aggregate, inside of computers. We are all in there, like people living in a little snow globe, doing all our various things. If you feed all these numbers from our economy, consumer spending, GDP, exports, inflation, interest rates into a computer, you can find patterns. There are these webs of relationships. Gas prices affect spending, which affects employment, which affects inflation, which affects spending again. And these models are probably the best way we have to figure out what is going on in the economy and what might fix it. So I went to see and play with one of these things at the offices of Moody's Analytics in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Mark Zandi is an economist there. You've probably heard him on our show before. He has been building and tweaking his computer model for 20 years. It has 1,700 different variables in it. You can change them and just see how the economy adjusts. And in my dreams, you know, when I got to Zandy's office, I was hoping I might see some James Bond supercomputer setup. But they just took me to a pretty ordinary conference room. First of all, where where is the model actually in this build? Like, where is it? <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're looking at two computer screens. Where well, is the thing? Excellent question. And correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but it moves. Uh, it's now sitting in Plano in a server farm. So Plano, Texas, in some random building in the middle of nowhere or something. Have you ever gone to see it? I've never seen it, no. Have either of you guys seen it? <laughs> I've never seen it. Yeah. Never seen it. So somewhere in Plano, Texas, inside a computer, is this virtual snow globe world. And right now, the people in this little model of the United States, they, like us out here in the real economy, they are not happy. Homes are being foreclosed on. Gas prices are up. There's a debt crisis in Europe. Something like 13 million people in the U.S. can't find jobs. Consumer confidence is low. Because we are pretty dark right now. People are very upset. But fear not. We control this little world, and we are going to try to fix it. Our goal is that 
four years from now, the end of the next presidency, whoever becomes president, we will have gotten the unemployment rate back to what Zandi says was a healthy level before the Great Recession, back to 5%. That's our goal, 5% unemployment four years from now. And right now in the model, that does not happen. The model is assuming our economy just kind of limps along, that not much good happens in the next four years. So the unemployment rate only goes down to 6.6%. We want to get it to 5%. So Zandi starts big. First, he says, let's fix the U.S. government. He taps some keys. And now you can imagine in our snow globe economy, people wake up and they hear this on the radio. From NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. Big news from Capitol Hill. We have word this morning the Democrats and Republicans have reached a historic agreement to dramatically reduce the national debt. The vote was unanimous. The computer chews on this unlikely event for a few seconds, solving equations, calculating those 1,700 variables. An hourglass appears on the screen. And now unemployment rate is 6.1%. So we, by the end of 2016, have shaved about a half point off the unemployment rate. It's still not great. No, still too high, uh, still uncomfortably high. So what else can we do to get down to 5%? How about peace in the Middle East, Sandy says? That could bring down the price of oil. In another unexpected development, the countries of the Middle East have signed a comprehensive peace accord as part of the agreement, armies in the region deposited all their weapons in the Red Sea. In business news, the price of oil dropped by $20 a barrel. This means when we fill up our tanks that instead of paying three seventy-five a gallon, we're paying around $3 a gallon. The computer model thinks about this, and sadly, it only reduces unemployment by one-tenth of one percent. We are still far from our goal of 5% unemployment. Zandi explains the model's thinking. He says, you know, what's going on in this virtual world is that, okay, gas prices drop. So you can imagine someone who, say, drives to work, that person's going to have a little extra money. They save some of that in the bank. They spend some. Maybe, you know, they buy lunch from that great Chinese restaurant instead of bringing lunch from home. The Chinese restaurant has more business, so has to hire a new guy to work in the kitchen who maybe was unemployed before, who now has money for his mortgage, et cetera. You know, this whole web of interconnected stuff. But- it's just that gas prices, you know, even though we kind of obsess about them a lot and they're in the news a lot, he says they just aren't that big a part of the economy. Gasoline prices are outsized in our thinking because we observe it every day. It's moving up and down every day. But, you know, when it comes down to brass tacks, it's still, you know, relatively small proportion. Yeah. So All now, right. So let's keep trying. Yeah. Uh, what else What else can we why don't fix? We, uh, why don't we fix uh, Europe as best we can fix Europe? All right. Uh, European leaders surprised the world today when they announced they found one trillion euros in the back of a couch in Brussels. This ends the continent-wide debt crisis. The beauty of playing with computer models is you don't have to come up with a plausible scenario. You don't have to explain how it actually happens. You can just say, it happens. Uh, I should add, though, Zandi does not think a euro fix is unreasonable. He, he figures Europe will sort things out. And he puts in the computer model that the European economy starts to grow. Nothing crazy, but better than we have now. And now the unemployment rate is 5.9%. So we've now uh, pushed the unemployment rate down another tenth of a percent. That's all we get for Europe? That's all we get for fixing an entire continent? Yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't fix it completely, right? We didn't, you know, so we didn't say we were off and running. We're just saying they're not going to fall apart. Zandi sketches this one out for me. Uh, if Europe starts to recover, the U.S. stock market probably goes up a bit and 
since we sell stuff to Europe, our exports get a bump. But exports are 12% of our economy, you know, but only some fraction of that is trade with Europe. So, you know, this helps. But still, unemployment in our virtual world, it's 5.9%. It is surprisingly hard to get back to a 5% unemployment rate. I kept racking my brain for things to fix, like housing values, okay? We boost housing values by 10%. We make banks lend out more money. These things, they barely move the dial. But I, I have one more idea. We have one more bullet left. I didn't know if we were going to have to use it, but the time has come. Can we try one more thing? Yeah. Can we just make everyone happier? Yeah. yeah let's try that. Let's try that. Consumer confidence. Yeah, we measure this in the economy. We measure it with surveys. And it is there in the computer model. You can just boost it as high as you want. This could be big. Actually, I'll tell you, I think the, the missing ingredient, is, real missing ingredient is a lack of confidence. It's a lack of, uh, of uh, we, we just can't get our groove back. It's not consu- only consumers. It's really also business people. Uh, that's the key missing ingredient in the economy. We boost consumer confidence, run the model, and still. Uh, not very much. There is something strange going on. We cannot get to a 5% unemployment rate. This is crazy. So I refuse to give up. We make people not just confident, but super confident. We cut the price of a barrel of oil in half. We make the European economy recover spectacularly. We put in a huge number for economic growth in Asia and around the world. This assumes maybe China somehow. And China Africa takes off, right? And Africa takes off? Let's say Africa takes off. <laughs> All right. Let it rip, he says. This is so ridiculously optimistic. He doesn't know if the computer can handle it, but it does, and it gives us its answer. 5.2%. Still, we cannot get the unemployment rate down to 5%. So, so what's happening is that um, the economy is reaching its new limits. Its new limits. This is something I hadn't really appreciated before. When you go through a really big catastrophic recession... It is not always possible to fix things. So many people lost their jobs in the recession. And then for years now, the economy has just been kind of spinning its wheels, not growing very much. And meanwhile, the population is getting bigger. More people are graduating from high school and graduating from college. And they're looking for jobs also. So there's this backlog of people looking for work. And the economy can't grow fast enough to absorb the backlog. There's kind of a speed limit to it. And the consequence of all this is that Even if we fix Europe and the housing market and come up with a plan for the debt, even if we do all that, Zandi says we could still have an extra million people looking for jobs and unable to find them. Think about each and every year how much they would be producing. That's a lot of lost talent, wealth. Uh, We're much worse off as a result. You know, it's sad because I came here today thinking we would be able to fix everything at least in a model. And what you're telling me is you can't. Yeah, I, I think we're in a, in a different world. We dug ourselves a huge hole. And you know, even after doing all these things we discussed, uh, we're not going to con- get completely out of that hole, certainly not by the mid part of this decade. It's going to take a generation to get completely out of it. Zanny says his computer model is not the only computer model out there. But he says the consensus in all these little virtual worlds is that the effects of the Great Recession, they could be with us for quite a while. Tell me something. Wait a minute, David Kestenbaum. I know, I <laughs> You know. gotta be kidding me. Like, that is not how we are ending the show today. You said that you were gonna make us happy, right? That you were I, gonna fix everything and make us happy, and I that is what I want. I boosted consumer confidence. 
Yeah, and? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the thing I would say is that, you know, when we were hanging out with, with, with Zandy, you know, he, he says if we fix a lot of these things, and he's actually optimistic on, on a bunch of them. He has been for a while. hasn't quite come true so far. But, you know, that, that the housing market is turning and, and, and could start to head up, that Europe, you know, is fixing itself bit by bit, but is sort of close to some kind of final solution. And if Congress could come up with some long-term plan for the debt or at least not go off the fiscal cliff, you know, that's not such a bad world. Then, you know, the unemployment rate does does really start to drop. It, it does not get back to where it was, but that's that's a much better place than we are right now, a place where people are a lot happier. I mean, something that this does make me think of is that we do a lot of looking backward, like back before the recession. And at this point, it sounds like from what you're saying that we just have to look ahead. Like things are going to change. Things are going to get better, not the way that they were, but just better in a new, different kind of way. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. All right. Now you can go ahead and end the show. Uh, as always, we want to know what you think. Send us email, planetmoney at npr.org. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Spotify. And thanks to Lachmi Singh for doing those fake newscast reports for us today. I'm David Kestenbaum. I'm Zoe Chase. Thanks for listening. Yeah.